Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, to another episode of The Steelers Fix, brought to you by the Steel Curtain Network, part of the all-new Fans First Sports Network and all the affiliates that are a part of that uh, program. We are just a small part of it, Andrew, uh, here at the Steel Curtain Network, but uh, a big part of it for Steeler fans because we're talking NFL draft. We're talking uh, some prospects today uh, in our position previews that are going to be of high interest to Steeler Nation as we approach the draft, which is – unbelievably less than three weeks away at this point. Good grief. Uh, Andrew, I'll bring you in. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's a, we talked about how busy it was last week, so I'm not going to like reemphasize everything, but <laughs> it's been a little bit crazy. So a little bit extra has been going on. So I've been doing some scouting reports for SB nation, doing a couple of those. One that came out this week on Peter Skaronsky. Mm. Um, So there's going to be two more coming out at some point in the future. Obviously I don't know when those are going to be scheduled out, um, but still have to finish the ones on Devon Witherspoon and another one on Quentin Johnson. So uh, be sure to go and check those out when they come out. I believe the Peter Skaronsky one came out on Friday. Mm. Um, So you can go and check that one out. It was interesting. Just kind of debating. It's a full scouting report, but just coming to the conclusion of whether he is the best offensive lineman in the draft or not. Right. Uh, So interesting uh, perspective. So be sure to go and check that out. Do you get the feeling that a guy like Skaronsky, who doesn't fit what a lot of teams look at for a prototypical um, height, weight, type guy at, or length guy, even at the uh, offensive tackle position. Do you think he could fall to the middle of the draft? 
we've seen stranger things happen. I mean, if, if teams, if there's enough teams that feel he is a tweener and not going to be great at either, a lot of people seem to think that he's going to be better at guard than tackle. But the only issue is you have more teams that are in need of tackle than guard early in the draft. So if you have a team that has a really high grade on Skaronsky, but they don't need guard, do you take him, you know, looking, you know, into the future yeah. Or do, you know, if he's your highest graded guy, it's all going to come down to philosophy then, you know, are they going best player available? Are they going by need or is it a mixture of both? So yeah. I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I think if there's anyone that drops, I mean, there's concerns about character with Broderick Jones. And there's concerns with um, Peter Skronsky, uh about, you know, his length. Yeah. But I think both guys will probably go top 15, but if he's there at 17, it's an interesting conversation. Do the Steelers yeah. give it a shot? Yeah, it will be. And uh there's going to be some there's gonna be something. Every draft, there's gonna be something that first round that picks 17, whether it's going to be uh oh man, the best they've got an offensive tackle and a cornerback available. Which one do they take? And you're gonna have half the fan base like they should have taken the tackle. They're gonna have half the fan base say they should have taken the cornerback, whichever one they end up doing. Or maybe nobody's there, uh, and the Steelers pick Trenton Simpson at 17, and all of Steelers Nation goes nuts because it's like, that's a huge reach. Yeah. I don't know. But there's going to be something, Andrew. It just feels like that's how it works <clears throat> with the Steelers. Um, can we can we get a year where they just they just trade back out of that pick if that happens? <laughs> I hope yeah. so. I don't know. All right. Um, before we get into <clears throat> our position previews today, uh, going back to Steel Curtain Network, Fans First Sports Network. You can follow those two uh, programs on Twitter at Steel C Network and at Fans First SN. So check those out on on Twitter. Uh, great content coming out there as well, and you'll be able to see all the latest episodes. And you can even follow for, for fans for a sports network. You can even follow different feeds depending on what you are interested in MLB, NFL, uh, specific teams, uh, NHL, whatever you're looking for. The fans first sports network has it for you. Andrew, let's jump into the safety, cr- the safety crop of players uh, in this year's draft. Um, you've got your top five players. You've actually got a tie at number five, which I, found interesting just because two very different type players uh, at your tied fifth spot, but that's something we'll talk about. And then I have uh, a totally different uh, final two players than, than you do. So it's, it's an interesting discussion. Um, Why don't we talk about those guys real quick? And then uh, we'll just get a a couple sleepers from you. Yeah. So I have an identical grade on Jertavius Martin from Illinois and Jordan Battle from Alabama. Battle is obviously a little bit more experienced at a upper echelon level, but that was all because of team. Jertavius Martin had some pretty difficult challenges this past season in coverage, um, but he was up to it for the most part. A lot of this praise is going to go to Sidney Brown, and rightfully so, because you'll see where I have him in my rankings. But with a guy like Jertavius Martin, his he has such a downhill mindset. It gives him a mental advantage when he's defending the run. I, the one concern I do have is that his play recognition is not the greatest. And But I will say, he does know when and where to shoot a gap and make a big stop. He does have good awareness. I think when you're looking at him in that light, I think you see him as a downhill 
free safety, if that makes any sense, a guy who's going to come downhill and to help defend the run, but a guy who's going to be playing center field. He's not a guy that can do everything. You don't want to match up against tight ends. He's not, if you try to play him at strong safety, he's not going to be a Terrell Edmonds type guy for you. I think the ideal spot would be a man coverage team, say the new England Patriots, a team that still needs some help in the secondary, a guy who can play corner or safety. Uh, but I think a guy who's going to succeed in man coverage and then Jordan battle, just experienced guy, not the most athletic dude, but one of the few guys who can play strong safety. He's not a pure yes. strong safety, but I think that's where he's going to end up playing the majority of his time in the NFL. can cover the slot a little bit, but he's a bigger safety, a 6'1", roughly 210 pounds, um, at 71 tackles this past year, strong run defender, um, and probably a little bit better in zone coverage than uh, Dartavius Martin is, but ultimately... Not fans of either, and they'd be okay at pick 80, but I wouldn't say I would be jumping up and down over them either. Yeah, I kind of feel like this this safety class is, is kind of – it's a Patriots safety class. It's yeah. role players, right, that come into the nickel, that just kind of have, have multiple different things that they can do a little bit well, jacks of all trades, master of none type guys. Um, even the – you know – Across most places, the consensus number one safety in the draft, Brian Branch, isn't really a safety, Andrew. And so it's hard to even really put him on this list. Yeah. Um, but I've got him at number one. You've got him at number two. And uh, one of your draft crushes, right, uh, Sidney Brown, is your number one guy. Talk about him, teammate of Jartavius Martin. Absolutely love Sidney Brown. I'm not going to spend too much time on because I mentioned him in other episodes, but the man, he reminds me so much of Troy when I turn on the tape. I know the hair has some to do with it, but he flies to the football. He is so fast. He has so much closing speed. It is incredible. He can blitz off the edge. Uh, he, I believe he had one sack this past year, had three and a half tackles for loss, but six interceptions, seven passes defended, has outstanding ball skills, and he just has an, an insane awareness. It's almost like Troy just being able to create on his own. And it's not something normal for the safety position, but when you watch him on tape, it's almost like Illinois gave Brown the freedom to choose. Yeah. I mean, if safeties had option routes or option <laughs> coverages, right? this is like what Sidney Brown would do. Like it's the, I could be wrong, but when you watch him on tape, he's like doing his own independent thing outside yeah. of what the rest of the defense is doing. Just coming downhill at the last second, not something that the linebackers calling for, not something that the deep coordinators calling for that we can tell from the sideline. And then he'll just come down on a sun blitz and boom, the quarterback's running out of the pocket, escaping for his life. I mean, he just seems to get a sense of what's going to happen. Outstanding awareness, best awareness in this class. Yes. Even better than Brian branch, in my opinion, who has outstanding awareness as well, but I love Sidney. Brown I think he has higher upside the reason I have him ahead of branch is because I feel the risk reward factor is just a little bit better I think Brown still has a relatively safe floor um just not doesn't have quite as much versatility as Brian Branch does yeah and more of a true safety you're going to plug him in at safety and you're going to like what you get mm -hmm. there I've got him uh as my number three um safety and it's it's just part of the those things you're talking about like um the lower floor um or the potential for boom or bust, if you will, than some of these guys. But um, remind me, it was Antonio Johnson that that got hurt pre – that got hurt this offseason, right? Or was am I thinking somebody else? J.L. Skinner maybe? J.L. Skinner is the one who I believe had an Achilles injury. He That's did not right. really participate in much okay. at all. So Antonio um, Johnson is not the one who got, who got injured. Um, I'm just not – okay, there it is. Four, five, two in the 40 – yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's my number two player. I think you've got him on your list as well. You've got him at number three. 
Um, I don't have Skinner on my list, probably because of the injury. Um, just, just that. But I've got Christopher Smith rounding out my top five. I just think he he's again played in a good defense like Jordan Battle has a lot of experience. I think he's going to be a guy that you can rely on um, early in his career. He's not going to have a, a huge ceiling. But um, he's going to come in and he's going to be a, a solid contributor to a team. And I think he can handle more of a in-the-box strong safety um, role. Um, he's not as big as like a Terrell Edmonds, uh, but he has the, the height and weight to be able to work that, that portion of the field. Um, give us a couple sleepers, Andrew, before we move on. Yeah, first of all, I made a mistake. Pectoral injury for Skinner. That was my bad. I pectoral. It was a pectoral injury. I apologize about that. Daniel Scott is one guy who may go into the middle rounds, but I asked him in his presser at the Combine what was the one thing he really wanted to prove this during the week of the Combine. And he just flat out told me my speed. Nobody th- seems to think that I can run. And I'll be, you know, brutally honest. I didn't think he could. He didn't look the fastest on tape, but he said, I'm going to go out and prove that I'm a fat, that I'm, you know, I'm fast. He ended up running a four, four, five in the 40. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking at a guy who, you know, is he going to run mid four fives, maybe even four, six. It was a huge win for him. And his tape outside of, you know, the explosiveness factor, it's pretty good. He's pretty sound in coverage. Really like him as an early day three guy. Um, but one guy I do really like, Tanner McAllister from Ohio State, your Ohio State yeah. guy, 5'10", 191. You can play him in the slot. He ran a 4'4", 22 bench reps, 37-inch vertical, 123 broad, um, 4'18", the shuttle, and the 6'9", cone. Really like him. I'll give you a couple names real quick. Jordan Howden from Minnesota, a guy, he's got some versatility, 39.5-inch vertical, had a 6'8", in the three cone, explosive out of his stance. Um, Darius Bratton from Virginia. He's needs to add more weight to that frame. He's very slim, but he ran a four, four, four in the 40, 38 and a half inch vertical and 135 inch broad. And then the last one, Nico Bolden from Kent state, a guy who has the build of a big corner, but just doesn't have quite enough recognition skills uh, to be able to play in zone. At least he may be able to play a little bit of man, but really inconsistent in coverage, but a guy who could develop into a good free safety at the NFL level, four, four, four in the 40, 41 inch vertical, 127 broad four, three, three in the shuttle and seven, Oh, four, three cone, all solid times for the Kent state product. Yeah. Bolton's the kind of guy teams are very much willing to take a flyer on in the sixth, yes. seventh round of drafts. I would be surprised if he does not get drafted with the, with the traits he has. And, uh, four four speed as well um so that that helps when you're 208 pounds six foot three and you can run yeah. in the four fours yeah somebody's gonna be like ooh, let's uh see what we can get out of this well that's gonna do it for the safety group um andrew we're gonna jump into uh an interview that we had this last week um with a uh prospect out of ball state and uh this guy is it, it, just a player and we're going to get a chance to talk with him. So don't go anywhere. Um, we're going to, we're going to do this interview. We're going to jump into this interview real quick and then we're going to take our break. And then after that, we're going to come back and talk cornerbacks. So uh, without further ado, here is our interview with yo Heinz Tyler from ball state Pittsburgh Steeler fans. The NFL draft is just a couple weeks away and we have yet another NFL draft prospect joining us today. There are some pretty impressive wide receivers in this class even in the later rounds some guys that you may not be familiar with we have a pretty athletic one with us today and that is yo Hines tyler thank you so much for joining the show man it's a pleasure 
what is going through your head right now? You're just a couple weeks away from the draft. What is going through your head? What's this process been like for you? Well, the process it's been you know long, but you know it's been a it's been about a lot of work and just getting after it. You know, trying to put on and show the skills that you have. You know, from the uh, previous seasons. Uh, I'll say it's been a been a good you know process. What's the biggest thing you have but, on your schedule between now and then? Uh, the biggest thing I have right now, you know, I just have a coach tryout tomorrow. And, um, you know, after this, that'll be the, uh, we'll be waiting just to see, you know, if we get any more calls, but I'll be training until then. Um, you know, throughout this process, and I, I don't know how much um, you've gotten to do as far as like um, pro day or anything along those lines, but, you know, what is one thing during this pre-draft process that uh, that you've learned that you think will will better you as you head to the NFL? Uh, one thing that I learned, I would say, it would be patience. Um, you know, through this whole through this draft process, uh, you go through a lot. Uh, you think about a lot, and being where you are, you look for an immediate outcome. But yeah. I learned that uh, you should always stay patient and just wait till things come to you. And one of the big things when we talk to different NFL draft prospects, one big thing just in our modern age is comps. Everyone loves to comp people to former players, to current players. What about you? Is there like a receiver that you feel like is a really good comparison for you and the skill set that you have? Uh, I get a lot, you know, of people that says um, I'm a receiver like uh, Mike Evans or um, Julio Jones, but I feel like, that I can compare myself. I definitely can't compare myself to Mike Evans. Yeah, you're a bigger receiver. Um, you know, six six three, uh, two hundred plus. Um, is, is that the kind of style you want to bring to the league? Is just that physicality and go up and get the ball type type of play? Is that what you feel that you bring to a team? Yes, I feel like I could bring that to a team. I also can bring uh, bring just. You know that power and being explosiveness. Uh, you know, I feel like I could bring a lot to the table when you know coming into the upcoming draft. Um, I feel that um, I would say just me having you know I'm sure-handed. Uh, hmm. I can block. I can do a lot of different things. Receivers can do. That's awesome, man. I I think a lot of people. Probably uh, looking at the MAC conference, maybe Ball State uh, isn't at the top of their minds, but y'all y'all are competitive uh, regularly in the MAC, um, and you've got some some players that you go up against on daily basis that or on a weekly basis that are uh, going to play at the next level. Can you tell us uh, a defensive back within your conference that was the toughest that you've ever played against? I'll say that I played against. It would be. You know, just the players on my team. I played a lot of different players, but those guys who I played against, you know, as well as practice against, I say those would be the toughest people I played against. They have AJ Uzadema, we have uh, Jaquan Amos, we have Nick Jones. You know, those guys who I practice against daily, those would be the toughest guys I really played. One quick question before we get into the rapid fire. Um, when we talk about teams, obviously, you know, I'm sure you would love to go to any NFL team. Mm -hmm. Um, 
do you have a preference overall? Like, I obviously know that you're going to be in attendance with the Colts pro day tomorrow. Um, but is there like a certain team or maybe a certain scheme that you feel like you are just a really good fit and maybe a certain offensive coordinator, an offensive system somewhere yeah. that really appeals to you? Uh, team, I, just like you said, uh, there's no preference. Um, I, I'm, you know, greatly accepted like this about the opportunity to play anywhere. But hmm. uh, being from New Orleans, that's my hometown, you know, and from coming from yeah. Boston, we have similar offense as the New Orleans Saints. That would be a team that I would really like to join. Yeah, new quarterback down there uh, as well, and Derek Carr. So you'd be right. you'd be getting a good one uh, to go <laughs> to go with. Uh, man, we're excited for you, and we wanted to you know give you some exposure here uh, mm-hmm. on on this show. And we're we're glad that you came on. Let's get to some rapid fire fun questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, we'll get started with uh, question number one: What is your favorite workout day? Favorite workout day. Yeah, are you a leg day guy? You a chest guy? What, what you got? Uh, I'm an upper body type guy. Um, okay. You know, I like the. I'm. I'm. I came up. You know, benching a lot. Uh, it was just something I like to do. You know, push ups daily. Uh, it's something we, me and my friends, and you know, we all competed in. So, sure. Being a, uh, upper type guy would be the day I like. What is your favorite food? Favorite food would be pasta, uh, any type of pasta. Um, one time I tried some, you know, different color flavor pasta. It, it, yeah. it creeped me out a little bit, but <laughs> it's something that I still enjoy. Yeah, man, pasta's it. My wife made mm-hmm. some shrimp scampi uh, over pasta yeah. the other day. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, are you a gamer? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Um, I would. I play. You know. Madden 2K, well, sometimes 2K. I don't, I get, I lose a lot of 2K, but you know, I'll play Madden Call of Duty, but I, I can say I haven't really played the game in a minute. Sure, sure. What was your favorite NFL team growing up? My favorite NFL team was the Giants. This one, Odell was there. Odell. Hey, there you go. Yeah, awesome. Okay, the this is the big one, all right? The big controversial question mm-hmm. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Who you got? I'll say LeBron James. All righty. I think uh, the people we've asked that, that's like, that's a a good majority for LeBron so far. So that's crazy. (laughs) And the true controversial question for those of us from the Midwest, is it soda or pop? Well, where I'm from is called cold drink. Cold drink. Okay. We call it there cold you, drink. There you go. Okay. That's a new one. Better than soda. <laughs> Better than soda. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, okay, so last question. Um, you know, it's draft day and you you know, you've been waiting for a call. You finally mm-hmm. get a phone call and it's Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers on the other end of that phone call. What's your thought process and how are you gonna react if that's the case? Uh, I'm just you know, I'm just going to let it come to me. Um, yeah. I'm a humble guy, so, you know, things sometimes I'm, it's hard to show excitement through it, but uh, he definitely will know I'm excited, um, you know, and then family will be there, so it will be a mm-hmm. big, you know, day and opportunity for us. You got any specific plans for, for the draft weekend? 
Uh, not right now. You know, just going with the flow, just sure. see where everything plays out, and then we'll get started um, wherever we start from. Awesome, man. Well, we are rooting for you. That was Johannes Tyler out of Ball State, wide receiver. And uh, good luck to you, man. Thanks for joining the show. And uh, don't forget about us when you get to the next level. We'd love to have you back on to see uh, what your what your prep is going to be like for your first NFL season. Thank you for inviting me, and I love to join again. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. Too. All right, that was Yo Heinz Tyler. Thanks so much to uh, to him for coming on the show, um, Andrew. We we see a lot of receivers in this draft. Do you think his size gives him a chance to stand out um, to to scouts and to teams as as they're looking to add maybe to the back end of their receiver room and see if somebody sticks? It could. I mean, his numbers are solid across the board. Mm-hmm. His yards per catch isn't as it doesn't make it look as if he's ex- explosive as some of the top receivers in this class. But when you look at the consistency, he, you know, he talked about being sure handed. He is a pretty yeah. sure handed wide receiver and he does go vertical for the ball. Um, and that's key. I think if you're looking for a guy who can win on the boundary on third downs, I think he's a guy who can move the chains in the NFL in the right system. Best of luck to you, Johannes. And uh, that's going to do it for the first half of the Steelers fix podcast. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back and we're going to talk some cornerbacks and give you a rundown of the top players of the position as well as some sleepers and some day two picks that you're not or that you're going to want to keep your eye on. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix. Andrew, we're just going to jump right into this because there are so many cornerbacks in this class this year that are worth mentioning, worth talking about. Um, so for those who like, um, say, say biblical genealogies, for those who like that, this is this is your type of show. Yes. <laughs> um, it's going to be a, a name fest here. And uh, we'll start with the top five guys like we always do. But um, Andrew, have you ever have you seen in recently? We'll say just recently, a I don't know third to sixth round group of corners like this. I can't say I have. There were some good late rounders last year, as well as the year before. But there are <laughs> the list seems to be endless this year. I've got. I'm just looking at the big board now. As of right now. And this is going to change for the final board, so don't freak out. But there's not going to be as many once we get to the final board. But as of right now, initial grades, which I'm usually relatively generous, I have 44 corners with a fifth round grade or better. That's wow. in, that, that that is an unbelievable amount. There's going to be a few <laughs> as we go as I get through this next upcoming week. Next, this upcoming week is going to be a big week in the final grading 
and final uh, touches on the scouting process. But it's incredible when you're talking about like yeah. the biblical genealogies, you know, talking about <laughs> Mahishafel, the son of, you know, this. I mean, you've got. We got some names. <laughs> yeah, you got some Desine Talbert of yeah. North Dakota State and Cole yeah. Coleman of Elon. And I mean, <laughs> we've got a lot of intriguing names that yeah. I'm probably going to butcher today, but we'll see. Well, uh, we'll do our best. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be one of those things where when you look back at the end of the draft, you're probably going to be like, oh, look, every uh, fifth pick is a cornerback. Oh, look, every fifth pick is a cornerback. Um, because these guys are just going to start coming off the board in the middle rounds here. And uh, you just kind of hope that the Steelers can get a guy that fits the system that they're trying to implement here. Um, I think, I still think that um, in, in a lot of years, the Steelers would probably be cornerback or bust in the first round uh, with how their, um, with how their roster is set up. But I think there are other needs as well. So like if the, top three cornerbacks are gone and, and you're looking at uh, maybe Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson Jr. or Peter Skaronsky, one of those guys falls. I think that's the pick. Obviously, I don't think they're going to go to their second tier cornerback like they did in 2016 when they grabbed Artie Burns after uh, William Jackson uh, was taken off the board. Um, last year, it was quarterback or bust for the Steelers in round one. I really believe that. Um, and the year before that um, – it was, let's see, 2020, um, or no, tw- yeah, 2020, they didn't have the first-round pick, right? Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was Claypool. A little different story there. But then 2019, it was linebacker or bust in the first round. So this year, th- these cornerbacks are, are – there's a lot of them, so the Steelers don't necessarily have to be so, um, st- like, stuck on a position, I don't think. Yeah. But let's I think it was actually 2020 that was the Claypool year because then 2021 would have been Najee, 2022 would have been Pickett. Oh, yeah, but you're okay. right. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm you're sorry. right. I'm, yeah, I was I skipped 2021 um, in my yeah. brain. So yeah, it was running back or bust in 2021, right? Quarterback yep. or bust 2022, running back or bust mm-hmm. 2021, 2020, throw that out, didn't have a first round pick. But the year before that, it was one of the one of the Devons are bust in yep. uh, 2019. So you kind of get a feel. In our case, it was both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, one of those things the Steelers kind of tipping their hand a little bit before the draft. But this year, I think it's a little bit different. We could see a couple or three different positions selected in that first round. But let's jump into these guys. Um, you've been high on Joey Porter Jr. from the very beginning. And he's still your number one quarterback throughout this process. I've got him number two behind Christian Gonzalez, who's your number two. So tell me why you got Porter ahead of Gonzalez, who seems to have gained steam in, in most circles as the number one cornerback in this draft. I think with Gonzalez, the big thing I'm concerned about is his lack of physicality. When you watch him play, there's times where he isn't willing to get his hands dirty. He isn't extremely physical at the line. You wouldn't expect that for a guy who's, you know, six foot two, 200 pounds. He's, you know, well-built corner, but He's not the most aggressively minded corner. And I think that's just something that really drew me to Porter just with how aggressive he plays the game. And that can be a good or a bad thing. But I think with Gonzalez, because he's not the greatest open field tackler, and we know even though the Steelers, you know, they've become a little bit more man oriented under Terrell Austin, a lot of it's still off man, which requires on shorter routes. You're still giving up some stuff underneath. You got to be able to tackle in the open field. I feel like Porter's more capable of doing that 
than Gonzalez. And I'm not just saying for the Steelers in general, but um, this isn't a knock on Gonzalez. It's just, you know, I've been high on Porter the entire process. And even though, you know, he didn't have the interceptions, he had the passes defended. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that's just about as good. And I think the interceptions can come in time, but even if they don't, if he's as good as what he was in coverage, I'll take that. I'll take an Ike Taylor. <laughs> I mean, the Steelers, yeah. Steelers fans would love to have an Ike Taylor. We haven't had one since Ike Taylor. So, uh, you know, getting someone of that caliber, I think would be fantastic. And I'm not, I would not complain about Gonzalez at 17 either, sure. uh, but I do, I am a little bit concerned about his lack of physicality in the Steelers system. Yeah. It feels to me like, it's the ball skills that jump out to people for Gonzalez as well as the, the track speed, you know, and, and yeah. just how smooth he is at six to 200 pounds. So, but I definitely agree with you, especially when you're, if you're wearing the, the black and gold lenses, you, the Steelers ask a lot of their corners in coming up and, and playing the run. And especially the way this team uh, feels like it's being built, that's going to be a huge area of emphasis. So uh, I, I like your, your, your stuff there. We both have, uh, Devon Witherspoon at number three. A lot of people tagging him as the most physical cornerback in this class. He's a little slighter built than um, than Porter Jr. Is that why he's your number three in this class? I I I was considering for a while moving him to corner four because he hadn't tested it anything. But when he came out and ran his pro day and ran a four four two. I did not expect that when you watch yeah. him on tape, you know, he's not slow. Like it wasn't like a super big concern, but you're also like, you know, maybe this guy would be better because of his instincts, his tackling ability. Maybe he would be better suited in his own scheme, but then he goes out and runs a four, four, two. And it's like, okay, this guy can, this guy can run with people. Yeah. So I, I, I do like Witherspoon a lot. He, I love his tenacity. I love his physicality. He's he's not built big, but he's willing to get physical. And that's what makes him an intriguing fit with the Steelers. Because if you look at the past Steelers corners, you know, over the past 10 years, a lot of the guys on the outside, think of Joe Hayden, um, you know, and some of these other guys that the Steelers have brought in, Steven Nelson, not the biggest guys in the world, but guys that did have an ability to play bigger than their size, Hayden specifically. And I think that could be the case with Witherspoon. I'm not trying to compare him to Joe Hayden, but I do think there are some similarities sure. in when it comes to instincts to physicality in the open field. Um, I think there are some things that you could compare Joe Hayden's game to with Devon Witherspoon. And I, I think it's, I think wherever he goes, he can go to his own or man scheme and be solid player. I just don't think he has quite the upside of a Joey Porter jr. But again, you know, you also do have a little bit more of an injury concern with Witherspoon. Um, I, I would have mixed feelings about it at 17, but after him running a 4-4-2, I feel a lot better now because that was something I had hid in the back of my mind, but he's kind of put that concern to rest. Is one of these three guys available at 17 for the Steelers? Give me your prediction now. Oh, Give it to me now. This is like the hardest question of the draft right now. <laughs> There's yeah. so many teams that need corner. I haven't mocked any of these to the Steelers in any of my mock drafts, I don't think. Um, I, I may have had Witherspoon in one of them. I'm not positive. But I did have him falling in the last mock to pick 17. I don't think he's going to be there now because of that 40 time. If one of them is there, I think it's Porter. And okay. if Porter's there, I think the Steelers take him. I'm going to say right now, I don't want to give it up before mock 4.0. I don't know whether I want to change it now or not. For now, I'm going to say no only because I'm not sure what Washington's going to do. And until I figure out better idea of what they're going to do, I'm going to probably peg them with a corner, if not them, New England, or both. 
Uh, but if I get a good sense of, you know, a direction the team, one of those two teams goes outside of corner, yeah. then I think, yes, I do, do not be surprised is what I'm saying. If my 5.0 has Joey Porter Jr. going to the Steelers, because in the back of my mind, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking right now. But I've got to have something, you know, to yeah, to, I have to have a reason of, for him to fall past New England and Washington. I like it. All right. We both got Deontay Banks at number four. A lot of people have talked about Banks uh, recently because of that uncertainty, whether the top three corners are going to fall. He's been mocked to the Steelers a lot. Um, We won't talk too much about him because we have a disagreement at number five. So let's move on there. You've got uh, a little bit of a, of a, of a bias maize and blue uh, uh, look to, to your, uh, your top five here. Um, Tell us about that, Andrew, and tell me if I'm right. Is this, uh, is this, is this a little Michigan bias here? So do, do you th- – let me ask you first. Do you yeah. think that there's any chance DJ Turner goes in round one? No. I'm going to say there's a 30 35% chance he does. Okay. I, I'm not saying – I'm not saying I'm betting that it does happen, just, but just because of the team needs in the later first round, I could see him sneaking in there. And when you watch his tape, another <laughs> guy in the – it's kind of like Witherspoon, except a lot faster version of Witherspoon. And that's why I like him so much. He was his first year at Michigan, and he was fantastic, even as a freshman. Absolutely fantastic. Whenever he saw the field, he was phenomenal. Um, you could argue that he was Michigan's best corner as a freshman, and he, but he was exclusively man under Don Brown. Then Don Brown leaves. You bring in McDonald, and he incorporates some more zone, and you have the st- Michigan playing a balanced defense, which is a yeah. big reason why Michigan was able to get over that Ohio State hump two years ago. They weren't playing exclusively man. They were mixing it up. DJ Turner, it was a little rocky at first. And it's like, okay, is DJ Turner having that sophomore slump? What's going to happen with him? And then as the year goes on, he gets better. And then this past year, new defensive coordinator, but similar scheme, just a pure mixture. And he has become really good in zone. When you watch him, his back pedal is extremely clean. He keeps his eyes on the quarterback, and he's quick to react when he sees the quarterback looking in that direction. He has some ball production. Um, Let me see if I can look up the stats real quickly here. I have the big board pulled up, which, by the way, this big board is going to be coming out in the next few days, so keep an eye out for that. Um, 36 tackles, one tackle for loss. Only had one interception, but he did have 10 passes defended this past year, and that's key. Um, In a Big Ten that, you know, he went against some decent receivers. Obviously, not just the Ohio State game, but you had Parker at Penn State, and, you know, you had some other big games on the schedule in where he was faced against some pretty tough competition. Mm. But love DJ Turner. I still think he's best suited in a man scheme, and but I think his, his best chance to play as a fresh, as a rookie, would be in a nickel role because he does have the physicality for it. Mm. I do think long-term, though, he does have enough physicality to play the outside despite his size, although adding another five to seven pounds may not be a bad idea. Um, I'm going to have to go back and watch the game, as painful as it was. But I go back and look, uh, Michigan versus Ohio State, and I see I see uh, 16 receptions. 245 receiving yards, uh, 16 uh, yard average per reception, and two touchdowns given up to the uh, to the Ohio State top two receivers in that game. Now, game script, we'll throw that in there. Obviously, they were down uh, pretty big late, and they had to throw the ball a lot. So, um, be that as it may, but uh, was uh, tell me this, Andrew, DJ Turner was he playing outside a lot at Michigan? Yes, he was playing outside almost okay. exclusively. Yeah. I mean, you got three – you got two first-round picks there. Uh, 
Harrison and Stroud, obviously, that were amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Egbuka out of the slot uh, playing really well. But um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like, yeah, he's got the speed. Yeah, he's got um, a lot of what you're looking for out of the traits. And he has and he did play well overall last year. Give him that. But um, well, I will say I for know. context purposes, yeah. in his career at Michigan, he did have the 23 forced incompletions. His passer rating allowed during his entire time at Michigan was 62. Point two pass rating. That's pretty good. I'm just looking at those stats. I'm just looking at those stats. We're just bringing in these Ohio State Michigan vibes back, you know, (laughs) off season. We've got it. You know, we have to bring this up at some point. But maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we need to do a um, Ohio State versus Michigan podcast for FFSN. How do? What do you think? Honestly, I will say though, in the Fiesta Bowl, (laughs) DJ Turn did struggle, and it, it was it was a little bit rough. But I will say. Everyone struggled that day, so yeah. and I don't think it was entirely him. It was poor game planning. It, all, all that falls on Harbaugh, but we have sure. enough other guys to talk about. I'm not going to spend time on that. All right, I've got Cam Banks. Or, well, Cam Banks. Oh, <laughs> Cam Smith uh, as my number five corner in this draft. Um, I think he's probably the best pure zone corner in this draft, but I think he's got the ability to play man as well, especially if you're looking at what you're talking about, the off man that the Steelers like to play. Um, he's not hesitant to come up in, in, uh, run support. Um, and to me, he's the smoothest, uh, corner in this draft. He, he just is the most fluid guy in this draft class. So I had to bump him up a little bit from what I thought he was to start the year. Um, but let's talk about some guys a little bit further down the list. So say the Steelers do not go cornerback in round one. Still a litany of guys that we can talk about. We've already talked about some of them. But, Andrew, I've got some day two guys, so rounds two and three guys that I like. Um, I like Darius Rush, the other um, the other uh, South Carolina Gamecock here. Um, I like Riley Moss. I think he's a good player. And uh, he's going to um, have some stigmas to overcome probably at the NFL level just because – you don't see that many successful white cornerbacks at the NFL level. You really don't um, just to be honest there, but he's got the speed and the physicality that he, he matches up. Well, he, he might be the best prospect. Uh, he might be one of the better uh, day two prospects at cornerback. Um, I like Jacorian Bennett. Um, we talked about uh, a couple of his teammates. Um Wait a minute. Banks. He, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We talked about his teammate Banks. Yeah. Um, and then I I like Hodges Tomlinson day two. If the Steelers are looking to uh, add to the slot, um, this guy is just a a player. And uh, yeah, he's small, but throw it out the window. Forget about it. He's he's as physical as they come. Mike Tomlin would love that. And uh, so I I really like him. Um, give me some of your guys in that range, maybe even into the fourth round that you like uh, for the Steelers. Well, yeah, I will. One thing I do want to add though on Banks, since we didn't talk about him, yeah. we talked about, you know, how people need to go and watch the tape before, but right. the people that saying that he's already burns 2.0, he's not already burns 2.0. No. He's not an extreme reach. If you want to go exclusively by draft grade, look at another Miami guy, Tyreek Stevenson. If the Steelers take him at 17, I'll call him the next Artie burns. Or <laughs> even if the Steelers take Keely Ringo at 17, yeah. that's an Artie burns us pick, but yeah, Going to mid-round guys, 
I do like Darius Rush as well and Riley Moss, but Clark Phillips the third, he did not have a good combine, but I'm telling you what, his tape is really, really good. He's productive. He can play inside or out. He's got versatility. He's willing to help out against the run. I think he'd be a great fit in Pittsburgh. I just don't think the Steelers are going to draft both an inside and an outside corner, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Come away with Joey Porter Jr. and Clark Phillips, Jeremy, within the first 80 picks, I would be ready to go. Say they trade 32 and pick up another day two. That's oh, yeah. when you start to be like, oh, they they might could do that, and it and it makes yeah. sense. But that would be wonderful. Yeah. But Corey Trice, I got to talk to one of his coaches um, at the yeah. combine, um, and he was, you know, he was very happy with how the day was going. And Trice looked really fluid in drills. Um, six seven in the three cone, four four yeah, seven in the forty. That, that yeah, yeah, he had outstanding numbers. And when you watch him on on field drills, it was nearly flawless. It was one of the best corner workouts that you know I had seen while I was there. Um, but Darrell Luter Jr., another guy, four four six in the 40. We talked about him back at the Senior Bowl, 40-inch um, vertical, um, relatively athletic guy. Tested, he actually measured in a little bit bigger than what people expected. Yeah. So I think he's a guy who has inside-outside versatility as well. I thought he was a day three pick until the, the process here, yeah. um, and I think that he's boosted his stock a lot. I would be surprised if he makes it out of the third round. Um, he might get into the into the early fourth. But I just don't. I just don't know. I think the the skill set that he has, the physicality he plays with, and uh, you know, after you mentioned him around Senior Bowl time, and I watched the Senior Bowl and watched um, some of his film, I've grown to be really impressed with him. I like a, one of his teammates too at wide receiver. Um, we talked Jaylen about Wayne. him, uh, Jalen Wayne. Uh, so you know, if the Steelers got one of those two guys, I would not be too disappointed. Um, uh, Looter, obviously, not a day one starter, which is what you're kind of hoping the Steelers would would end up with in this draft. But um, I don't know. With uh, P2 in town, maybe he's a guy that could develop into that quickly uh, for the Steelers. Um, Let's move on to some guys you've got further down your list. Um, And we're really hitting the big board hard, which I think is going to be coming out here soon on uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well. the first guy you've got here is Taiwan Mullen out of Indiana. Yep. Uh, is he Trayvon Mullen's brother? Yes, I, I was looking. Okay. I was looking this up. Um, for some reason, I closed the tab. The closed the tab. Um, but yes, uh, he does have bloodlines. There's somebody else's family. Look up if you want to mention any day three guys, some sleepers you have. While I look this up, because I do want to mention this. Okay, yeah. Let me let me pop up um my list back over here. Sorry. <laughs> so many late round guys, though. This is it, it is absolutely incredible. We'll have to condense this into like two or three minutes with some of these guys. But I just want to give you some of their pro day numbers. Yeah, absolutely no outstanding. So when I'm looking at at some guys at cornerback, um, Eli Ricks to me is a guy played at Alabama, right? And he gets he's got a, a decent grade on him. So it's not like he's he's necessarily flying under the radar, but when you look at some of the corners that have come out of Alabama recently, um, he just doesn't quite stack up with those guys. But I still think anytime you play at Alabama, you've played in the in an NFL system on defense. Uh, you've got that experience, and he's been good there. Uh, I really like him. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, Mikai Garner out of LSU. Um, he is a guy that intrigues me. Um just when you look at, at what he has done um, at LSU, another SEC school, 
and you know he didn't run the fastest 40 um he's kind of he's he's more of an explosive uh quick player than a, than a speed player and he's a big dude um 6 212 pounds this guy has some versatility to maybe move to safety as well so you're looking at at a guy uh in Garner that um teams could take a flyer on later in the draft just because of that size and skill set and maybe um ask him to trim down a little bit get a little faster um he's just a big dude and i think that he could he could probably um make a team happy as a versatile piece in the secondary that 108 broad jump to me uh tells of explosion in the lower body and i think yeah. that he he's a good a good player uh coming up in the box already helping out and run support those are a couple guys i've had my eye on um but you've got the rest listed in your list here so we'll talk about those those guys so uh, taiwan mullen is also lamar jackson's cousin oh wow. that was what it was so he has extreme bloodlines yeah concern is that he's only 5 8 181 doesn't have ideal length 442 in the 40 though uh seven flat three cone 120 in the broad um, solid overall. We talked about Corey Trice a minute ago, Reese Taylor corner from Purdue, another short guy, five, nine, one eighty eight. He has a little bit more build to him though. Um, four, four, six in the 40, 38 and a half inch <clears throat> vertical, 125 inch broad, six, six, three in the three cone. Ooh. That's moving. That's awesome. And four Oh seven in the shuttle. Another really, really good shuttle time for him. Jarek Bernard converse from LSU. You were mentioning one guy, Jeremy, this yeah. guy, four year player, Oklahoma state. The only reason he continued to play college football is he wanted it was his lifelong dream to go and play for LSU. Mm. So he went, transferred to LSU, played a fifth year, wow. was solid overall. Six foot one ninety-six, ran a four-four flat in the 40, 42 inch vertical, 126 in the broad, four two eight in the shuttle, and seven oh one in the three cone. This is a guy that is is rising up boards. Mel Kuiper was mentioning him on the first draft podcast this past week as a guy who's moving up boards. I think he could be, you know, maybe in that fifth round range, maybe fourth, uh, but a guy who has some corner safety versatility as well. Really like him, has a ton of upside. And, you know, going even back to some of Oklahoma State's defenses of the past, they've had some pretty good secondaries. Not that have been producing NFL guys, but guys that have been really good college players. And you finally have a guy with NFL athleticism. We'll see what happens um, with him. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, I don't know if you want to set a, like a two minute timer for the rest, Jeremy, but there's sure. a lot of guys. Yeah, I don't want to do go that to... real quick, and we'll get we'll get a at least give you something to to hold you in bounds here a little, Andy. Yeah, because I don't want to go too long. <laughs> I could talk forever about these guys. I love these later round guys. All righty, you ready? Two ready. It's on the clock now. And you talk about a perfect name for a corner, Amir Speed. And I'm glad he ran a good forty. He ran a four yeah, three exactly. four in the forty. That would have been pretty uh, not good <laughs> if he had not have six foot three two oh nine. A lot of people think he's going to move to safety. His tape isn't the best. It's very inconsistent, but you got a lot to work with here. Um, 699, the three cone. Azizi Hearn, corner from UCLA, six foot 206. Ran a 448 in the 40. 18 bench reps, 37 and a half inch vertical, 127 inch broad, 423 in the shuttle, and 692 in the three cone. Solid times across the board. He has some schematic versatility there. Uh, going to be an outside corner. Anthony Kendall, cornerback from Baldwin Wallace. Probably haven't heard of them. Don't ask me where that school is because I can't tell you, but. 5'10", 180 is going to be a really good nickel corner, I think. Or almost in the mold of a Kendall Vildor from a few years ago from Georgia Southern, who's had several good years in the pros with the Chicago Bears. A 4-4-4 in the 40, 20 uh, bench reps, 39.5-inch vert, 133-inch broad, 4-3-5 in the shuttle, and 7-0-1-3 cone. Solid times for a guy from a no-name school. 
Got a minute left. Christian Braswell from Rutgers, 5'10", 183, 4'49", the 40, 40-inch vertical, 132 inches in the broad jump, 11-foot broad, and a 6'8", 2 in the 3-cone. Give me that to work with in the slot. All right, Jeremy, show me the clock. All right, we're going to get through this. Stephen Gilmore, love this guy. Stephon Gilmore's younger brother. Doesn't yep. have the ideal length, but he's going to be a good slot corner. 5'9", 174, 4'44", four, four, four in the 40, 36 and a half inch vertical, 124 inch broad. Ethan Bonner, corner from Stanford, 6'1", 186, 4'4", four, four in the 40. 35 and a half inch vertical, 127 inch broad, three cone with six seven eight. Got two more I'm going to give you here real quick. Devodrick Bynum. Uh, from UAB, 5'10", 183, ran a 4'4", 2 in the 40. 15 uh, bench reps, 37.5-inch vert, 4'4", in the shuttle, 7'16", in the three cone. Um, and then Devadric, uh, excuse me, Caleb Hayes from BYU, 5'11", 194. He's got a lot of versatility. He's a speed guy. You can have him play as a gunner on special teams. His opening year, he has a surprising bit of physicality. 4'33", in the 40, 17 bench reps, 40-inch vertical, 128-inch broad, 4'27", shuttle, and 6'8", 3 cone. Nice. Oh, man. Put down your smoking pencils after writing all that down. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. Um, one takeaway from all that, though, is yeah. as much as, you know, I would love a guy like Clark Phillips, I think it'd be a day one slot corner. There's some developmental slot guys in this late in these later rounds yeah. that the Steelers are able to add an extra fifth or sixth round pick. You know, I'd be OK with, you know, bringing in a guy like a Stephen Gilmore in the fifth or sixth round or, you know, Christian Braswell, a uh, if the Steelers are, if the Steelers are even aware this guy exists, um, from uh, what's the name of that school again? Baldwin Wallace, <laughs> yeah, Baldwin oh, Wallace, man. uh, Anthony Kendall, Anthony but Kendall, another guy, yeah, he, he had he's the ideal slot corner yeah. for the modern NFL. Um, he's got r- pretty good awareness. Um, has some physicality, and you know he's got good functional strength. It, putting up twenty bench reps has some upper body strength to him. He's willing to get physical at the line of scrimmage, and yeah. it, you can't take a whole lot out of tape from him because it's so low quality. Yeah, competition that he's playing, but you know, sixth or seventh round, he's gonna be there. If he's there get in the him. seventh, take a flyer on him. You never get know what in, he could become. Get guys like that in your in your NFL room and with as much sub package football as teams are playing, you know, because of the spread offenses and everything, you just got to have these guys. And um, that's why I'm saying like, when you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're just going to see cornerbacks come off the board um, because teams need these guys. And um, you know, you can, if you hit on a guy like Kendall, he can, he can play a slot corner for you for six, seven, eight years and handle a lot of, of the dirty work for your team. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, Andrew, that's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers fix. Um, we've got two more before we get to, uh, the draft and I just can't believe it. It's almost upon us and I'm so excited for it. Ready to turn all this talk into, uh, or all this this talk pre-draft into post-draft uh, analysis, if you will, and uh, see what these teams are doing. So, um, Andrew, I hope you have a fantastic week ahead of you, and uh, we'll, we will see you next time on the Steelers Fix. Don't forget to check out the Fans First Sports Network and the Steel Curtain Network and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yes, that website still exists. We have so much content there uh, for you as well. Steelers fans, listeners, Andrew, have a good afternoon. You as well. Have a good one. You too.